Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. Some weeks we break down one larger mystery between the two of us. Other weeks we pick two smaller mysteries on a theme and teach each other about them based on our own independent research. If you want to support the show, find us on social media at Unknowable Podcast and look for us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. Hell yeah. Yeah. And find us on Patreon. Please. Yeah. Become a patron on Patreon. Patron on Patreon. We are still doing the Mothman block print. Oh, yeah. For the first 25, I think we're up to six or seven patrons now, which is cool. Thank you to everybody who has become a patron already. Yes. You're amazing. Including our mom. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, mom. (laughs) Yay. So, yeah. This week... We kind of had a, a little mix-up with yeah. episodes. So this was supposed to be part of the Skinwalker Ranch three-part extravaganza. Yeah. But this topic is proving to be bigger and just a more involved topic than we were kind of expecting. Yes. And we were expecting it to be pretty involved. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we were is... preparing for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And then my husband, who is our editor slash music guy slash cold open guy... Pretty much everything. Yeah, pretty much everything. Basically everything that we don't do. Yeah. Um, We kind of forgot that he was going to be gone, like, right when he would have needed to edit yeah. that first episode. So we were like, oh. Shit. Yeah. So, here we are with sort of a filler episode, but a really good filler episode. Yeah. Like. An, an unexpected, but very fascinating and really kind of fucked up story. Yeah. That I'm actually really excited to talk about. Yeah. Kind of, we're going again in the medical route. Yeah. But those, to me, are some of the scariest because mm-hmm. it's kind of more real. Right. I guess in the sense, like, you can argue against any paranormal stuff, but, like, this This is, like, did happen. fact. Like, yeah. fully factual, fully supported with science and multiple observers. And, yeah. Like, we'll get into it, but, like, it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty undisputed what happened. The question is just, what happened? Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. What what the hell happened? So, you may not know this name. I didn't. No. I I don't even remember how I heard about this case to begin with, but I was immediately sucked in because I love medical shit. Yeah. Seems weird for somebody who has, like, as severe hypochondria (laughs) as I do, but I love medical stuff. So, Gloria Ramirez is the name. Yep. Also known as the Toxic Woman. The Toxic Lady. Which, that's just cool on its own. Right. Um, the basic story is she was called that by the media after going to a hospital, yep. sh- dying shortly after, but in her short time at the hospital, managed to make a whole bunch of people sick. It was, what, 23 people ended up hospitalized? Yeah. Or no, 20 23 th- people had symptoms. Yes, and five were hospitalized. Five were hospitalized. Just from coming in contact with her and her bodily fluids. Yeah, and she was in the hospital... I mean, this was in a span of less than an hour. Yeah. So this wasn't, like, weeks worth of people right. coming in contact. This was under an hour. And from what I can tell, too, it's not... There's no question of it being, like... It wasn't, like, a bacterial infection. It wasn't any kind of, like, disease or anything. No. There was something toxic about what either was on her body or in her body or... Like, she was she was poisonous mm-hmm. to be around. Exactly. Which and is these wild. weren't even people who... You know, it's not like she vomited on somebody, like there was no extreme exchange of fluids. This was just normal taking care of a patient who came in in an emergency circumstance, which is the scariest thing to me. It would make sense if she came in and was puking everywhere and Mm -hmm. people were whatever, but this was just 
from touching her. And this just reinforces to me why I'm not a doctor or a medical yeah. professional because like you think you know. You think you, you think know. You, you know, you just go to work like it's every other day. You just yeah. wake up, you're tired, you want to go home and then all of a yeah. sudden you're fucking hospitalized because some toxic person like yeah. infected you with God knows what. Right. And yeah. you have no idea what it even is. Yeah. So then you're, I mean, I'd be all freaked out mm-hmm. that it was some kind of terrible infectious disease. Yep. Yeah, I have a hard time with that. Right. We It was like right after the whole... I guess it was kind of the Ebola thing a little bit. And I remember being on a plane and of course, like Ebola coming here was not a common thing at all, but still the, you know, the big uh, kind of warning signs were like certain countries that people were traveling from and like Mm -hmm. fever and things like that. And I remember somebody on one of my flights was very suddenly like starting to have seizures and they, you know, it was, we were kind of hearing whispers of it being because of like a high fever and they were like two seats away from us. And I was like, oh my God. Great, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And I'm freaking out thinking that like, oh shit, like this is how easy it would be to be on a plane with somebody who had like a very infectious disease yep. and you just happen to be in close quarters. Right. And then I remember me and the friend that I was traveling with were like freaking out and like the man in front of us starts like calling over a nurse, like saying that he was feeling nauseous and like hot and like taking off a sweater. And I was like, dude. No, like here's how it starts. Yeah, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, like we're right behind this guy. Like he's getting symptoms, and I think his symptoms were just psychosomatic. I'm yeah. actually surprised that I didn't start right. needing attention. Like exactly. I need help, but I was like, oh my god, like this is it. And we were, mm-hmm. you know, we were traveling somewhere fun. We were like going to go on a little trip, and I'm like, we're yeah. just going to be quarantined. Yeah. Here we go. This is it. I'm never going home. Ugh. Yeah. So, okay. So, set the scene. Yes. It's February nineteenth, nineteen ninety four. Yep. I was 8, 15 p.m. Three years old. You were three years old. Yes. I was almost seven. There you go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That was good math. Um, so Gloria Ramirez had advanced cervical cancer. Which is terrible. Which is terrible. And sadly, she was only diagnosed six weeks before this. Oh, my God. So this was like she had been diagnosed at a point where it was presumably too late to really do anything. Right. It also, part of what I read was that she was living in some level of poverty, so she really didn't have insurance or money to pay for any treatment so she was just winging it right um yeah brought into the emergency department in riverside general hospital yep in california riverside california brought by paramedics um she was confused she was like responding to questions with very fragmented bizarre sentences um she had tachycardia which is like a rapid heart rate yep and something called shane stokes respiration yep which from what I understand, it's just like irregular breathing patterns. Mm. You'd be breathing really fast and then really slow and then stop breathing and then it's just yep. all over the map basically. Yeah. Which apparently is can be due to damage to respiratory centers, could be something to do with congestive heart failure, or apparently sometimes people that are new to high altitudes can experience that type of breathing abnormality. Interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah. I can, you know, we went to the Grand Canyon and that's like barely high altitude and we right. were like dying. Damn. Yeah, it was rough. Well, we live at sea level, so it's like anything above sea level, you're like... (gasps) I didn't even think... Even going to Las Vegas Mm -hmm. is enough above sea level that, like, I noticed a, like, difference in my breathing just going there. Interesting. That's not even anything. Not not that much higher, yeah. No. And then the Grand Canyon, I think, is a little bit higher than Vegas. So we did that in two, like, one trip. Right. And I remember, like, being at the Grand Canyon, and we were, like, you know, hiking up these very like mild hills and we're all just like out of breath and just like oh yep. <laughs> we're dying like this is intense um so yeah the staff injects her with three different medications yep um diazepam 
which is also known as Valium, to nice. calm her. Yeah. Um, Midazolam, also sure. known as Versed, which is same thing. And Lorazepam, also known as Ativan, which, again, to sedate. So they were just trying to calm her the fuck down. Yeah. Basically. I don't know what the normal protocol is at the hospital, but like right. three calming drugs right. at once seems like a lot. Yeah, it does seem like a lot. I don't know if she was very agitated. Right. But that just seems like intense. A little extreme. Yeah. So she's getting sedated. Um, she's not responding well to treatment. They go to like defibri- defibrillate. Yes. Yes. Her heart. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of noticed that she had this weird oily stuff on her skin. Yeah, like in an oily sheen. Yeah, which is all over her gross. skin. I don't know why I'm imagining it being colored, but I am. Oh, interesting. I don't think it probably was, but like for some yeah. reason, I'm, I'm like, I think I'm picturing like an oil slick oh. <laughs> where it's all shimmery. She's like all covered in like, like, like rainbow. Yeah, I'm like picturing her being like, ooh, like swirls of like purple and green. I'm like, that's not a real thing. It's probably not a real thing. No, but she was oily, which is odd. Yes. Um, and there was a fruity garlic-like odor. Yeah. That seemed to be coming from her mouth. Which is strange. Which, and I'm trying to imagine that scent and I don't really want to. No, I'm good without that. It's not, uh, I mean, garlic is good. Yeah. But fruity garlic. Fruity garlic coming from someone's mouth who yeah. is convulsing on a table. Not good. It's not a good, not, not a good look. No. And I know that like the whole garlic, like the, the garlic smell is indicative of like several different like medical conditions, mm. so it's like that must be kind of like a red flag for anybody in the medical profession. Like, oh, something's something's, up. something's not right here. Yeah, like I don't think she just ate those things. She right. is emanating the some bizarre thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, a registered nurse, Susan Kane, attempts to draw some blood from her mm-hmm. and notices that it kind of smells like ammonia, which is strange. It's also strange. So that's not a great thing. Um. She passes the blood-filled syringe to Julie Gorchinsky, a medical resident, who noticed manila-colored particles floating in the blood. Ugh. So she's got something going on there, like some kind of like solid something, like particles in her blood. In her blood. Smells like ammonia, covered in oil. Covered in oil. And um, smells like garlic. Smells like garlic. And, And fruit. Yeah. Yeah. We got garlic, fruit, ammonia oiliness and then like these weird particles so people are yeah probably kind of like i'm imagining this being of course a very hectic situation oh yeah where like icu yeah they're, if they're like like defibrillating her she's losing consciousness they're trying to like you know save her life basically so they're yeah they're probably very agitated rushing around yeah they like i know that they like cut the cut the clothes off her too so like to, to right. defibrillate her so they're like it's not like like they have like time that, that they're just chilling like they're like yeah. in the thick of it. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of people in there. Um, yeah, I mean they're <clears> in like a trauma room. Like this is intense. Yeah, we're watching Grey's Anatomy lately, so I'm picturing, <laughs> picturing a very specific doctor. I'm picturing Owen Hunt like in the trauma room, like commanding everybody around. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that's basically what it was like. It's gotta be. It's exactly it. Um, so at this point, uh, Kane, that first woman who drew the blood, fainted. And later on, she mentioned that her face had felt like it was burning. Jesus. So that's not great. Yeah, that's an that's an intense reaction. Yeah. Um, and then Gorchinsky, the woman, the medical resident that she who had noticed the weird particles, right. starts to feel nauseated and lightheaded. She goes and sits at the nurse's desk, and right as somebody came to ask if she was okay, she also faints. Jesus. Like what the fuck? She was shaking. And she would also kind of have that same bizarre breathing pattern where she would, like, change her breathing and stop breathing. Right. So, this is not a good situation. Dizziness, muscle spasms. Yep. 
fainting. Not good. Um, Maureen <clears throat> Welch, a respiratory therapist who was <clears throat> assisting in the trauma room, was the third to pass out. And when she woke up, she said she couldn't control her limbs. Jesus. Like, it was one thing said she couldn't control them, so I don't know if she was spasming. Another thing said she couldn't move them. Interesting. So it was like maybe temporary paralysis, but one or the other, either right. way. Not ideal. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> no, if I woke up from, I mean, if I fainted in general, I'd probably be freaking out. But if right. I woke up and couldn't move. Right, exactly. I'd be losing my shit a little bit. Um, yeah, so at this point, um, the staff was ordered to evacuate all the emergency department patients. They're all out in the parking lot. Right. And, yeah, like you said, 23 people became ill. Five were hospitalized. Yeah. Um, one for 10 days, another for two weeks. Yeah. This is not like, oh, hospitalized overnight. I mean, several more people were overnight. Right. But this was like several people were hospitalized for like a duration. Yeah. Like they, and like we'll get into like some of like the investigation after, but like they kind of think that it's like not really a medical condition. They think it was more of a like mass hysteria, psychosomatic thing. But I think that the fact that they're literally hospitalized for like a week or two at a time like that's not you're just like hysterical that's no. like there's something medically going on with you right like if we are gonna consider all 23 of the people who had symptoms it's possible again i it's hard to say really like because i could say that like if i was there and saw people just passing out right that i would probably convince myself that like i was feeling some way mm -hmm. but i'm also not a like medical, like trained person at a hospital. Exactly. Like who's used to these used situations. To trauma, used to like being around people with like maybe contagious and infectious diseases. Yeah. Um, you know, you're you're in a situation a lot where you could potentially get whatever your patient has. And so I would feel like you'd be less likely to fall into the whole mass hysteria thing. Right. So Yeah. I'm not used to being around that and that's why I would never as much as the thought had crossed my mind in the past, would not pursue a career like that because I just don't think I could mentally handle that. Right. But again, yeah, that's because, you know, if I saw somebody throw up somewhere, mm -hmm. even without knowing why, right. I would just sprint in the other direction. Right. So I'm not a normal person. <laughs> exactly. I say this as I'm pregnant with a baby, so I'm yes. going to have to, you know, deal with that at some point and probably not run away from my son when he pukes someday, but... It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for the hypochondriac. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, so, yeah, basically they've got like a skeleton crew left with Ramirez. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, 8.50 p.m. So she came in at 8.15. 8.50, they had been doing CPR and trying to get her heart back on track and mm -hmm. were unsuccessful and she was pronounced dead. Yeah. Um, which they said was kidney failure related to her cervical cancer. Right. So... Um, and then even right after that, there was a woman, Sally Balderas, a vocational nurse, um, who was helping take the body into like an isolation room, which they did because they didn't have any idea what the hell happened. Right. Um, began retching and felt a burning sensation on her skin. Jesus. And she eventually also ended up on a gurney outside being treated. Wow. So, yeah. Again, you're just showing up for work. Like, it's just your yeah. normal, like, what is it, a Tuesday Typical or something? Day. Yeah. Whatever. You show up at, to <laughs> work on like a normal Tuesday. Yeah, sure. And... You're just, like, tired. Your feet hurt. You just want to go home and, like, have some dinner and go to bed. You yeah. maybe have plans after work. All of a sudden, you're, like, retching and on a fucking gurney being treated with who knows what. Right. You have no idea what you were just exposed to. And there's no just clue. this 
oily body now laying in front of you that you have to wheel into this isolation room because yeah. it's making people sick. And yeah. You're like, great, this is my this is my night now. Awesome. And again, like in a very short eight fifteen to eight fifty yeah. is thirty five minutes yeah. that this all took place. It's people wild. fainting, like so again, I think it's important to consider how like rapid yeah. this all declined. Mm-hmm. This was not hours or days even like right. this was just so you know minutes. it's not I guess I guess you'd at least know it wasn't like like a disease or it wasn't any kind of like virus or anything because nothing incubates mm. that fast. So I guess at least you'd know that, that it was like some kind of True. exposure to something other than a toxin. Exposure to a toxin, not yeah. a disease. Not a disease. Which is still scary because then you scary. start thinking about like biological weapons. Mm-hmm. What the hell's happening here? We don't know who this person is. Mm-hmm. Um, so the county health department calls in California's Department of Health and Human Services they put two scientists, uh, doctors Anna Maria Osorio and Kirsten Waller, on the case, who mm-hmm. interviewed a bunch of staff, like 34 people, who had been working in the emergency room that night. And they kind of used a pretty standard questionnaire and found that the people that had the more severe symptoms tended to be the people that were working within just a couple feet of Gloria Ramirez. Right. Um, but some of the other factors that didn't that's my dog growling for who knows what reason. Which is <laughs> kind of freaky when she does that. Yep. Um, but they also found that um, it tend to, to, tended to afflict women more than men. Interesting. People who had an empty stomach versus people who had recently eaten. Um, and I guess at least the people who didn't end up hospitalized had normal blood tests after the exposure, despite feeling symptoms. Um, so, yeah, their, like you said, their conclusion was mass hysteria. Right. That they also, one of their supporting things was that the paramedics who came in the ambulance with Ramirez didn't have any symptoms. Interesting. But. We'll get into why that might have been. Yeah, that may not be relevant. Um, so Gorchinsky, who was that second woman to faint, denied, of course, that there was any mass hysteria happening. Right. She had um, some serious medical conditions after this. Yeah. she Her own experience was kind of her reasoning. Like, she spent two weeks in the intensive care unit. Yes. With Breathing problems, she developed hepatitis, which apparently people think of that as being contracted, right. which it obviously usually is. Well, it was like hepatitis A, B, and C. Yeah. So I think she had hepatitis A? Um, yeah. Something, I read that it can it can be caused by toxins. Right. So that's relevant. <clears throat> um, and avascular necrosis in her knees, which is a death of bone tissue due to interruption of the blood supply. Jesus. I don't even have an idea about that. No. But like she had like several months worth of like physical therapy for her fucking knees. Oh, yeah. This is not psychosomatic. You don't no. like, you don't like will yourself into like your fucking bones dying. Yeah, exactly. Like, this doesn't happen. You don't imagine that. No. And people have argued like the hepatitis, like we don't know her history. Could she have gotten it some other way? I guess like that's technically possible. Yeah. But it just seems, seems too, odd. yeah, like that for her hepatitis to have, like, like the onset to have happened in conjunction with a bone death, yeah. in conjunction with this this crazy 23 people becoming ill and five people becoming hospitalized yeah there's too much that would be a huge fucking coincidence right yeah all of this happening and she actually ended up filing a six million dollar lawsuit against the hospital for this situation yeah i think she was one of the people who felt like the situation wasn't handled well which i don't know i don't know how it could have been handled better me thinking about that right now like i don't know what else you could have really done like this was this was left field yeah. And we get into some of the theories of what happened. Like, there's, it's like a fucking Rube Goldberg machine. There's yeah. no, like, there's no way that this really could have been prevented without knowing 
knowing more than anybody would ever know in the, right. in the in the span of thirty five minutes from yeah. someone being admitted to an ICU to their death. Right. Like, it's not like she was admitted because people around her were getting sick, right? And then they just brought her in and didn't do anything. She right. was admitted for what seemed like pretty basic complications from her cancer. Mm-hmm. So this wouldn't have been anything out of the ordinary. Right. So, yeah, so they did a pretty exhaustive investigation, didn't really turn up much. Um, so the coroner's office contacted Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Yep. Um, described as, quote, a premier research and development institution for science and technology applied to national security. Wow. Again, I assume that maybe that has something to do with the theory, at least like the initial maybe cautious theory, that this could be some type of intentional yeah. thing. Um, so, yeah, they investigate. And so their very complicated but fascinating theory yeah. is, yeah. All right. Why All don't right. you start? All right. Here we go. <laughs> so there is this thing. It's called dimethyl sulfoxide. It is an active ingredient in a commercial degreaser. Mm. So you would use this degreaser to, like, clean your oven and stuff. You buy it at, at, like, the hardware store. Yeah. Very powerful. Um, The active ingredient dimethyl sulfoxide, though, is very readily absorbed by human skin. Mm. And, in fact, up until, like, the 1960s, it was used as a medium for um, topical medicine. Mm -hmm. So, like, you'd – whatever medicine you needed to get into the body, you would mix it with this dimethyl sulfoxide – and you would rub it on the skin, and your skin would readily absorb it without causing any damage to the tissue. Which is super fascinating. Super fascinating. But also then, called DMSO. Yeah, we DMSO. We may reser- refer to it as that in the future. Because that's going to, yeah, we're going to get into the whole chemical names of it, too. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this, this dimethyl sulfoxide was marketed as a sort of, like, cure-all for a while, mm. up into the 1960s, when they found out that it causes blindness and can Great. also be a... Um, carcinogen Mm. so in the 1960s they stopped using it as sort of a medical a medical thing like as prescribed by doctors but it remained in the public consciousness as a sort of like home remedy for cancer treatment Mm. an underground medication underground yeah Yeah. like oh like this is what the doctors don't want you to know and it's like no they really don't want you to know because you will go blind yeah you should not use this and you will see why um so they postulated that she gloria could have been using dimethyl sulfoxide mm. as a home remedy for her cervical cancer. And let's keep in mind that she most likely bought this at like a hardware store. Yes. And it's just like a greasy gel. Right. That that that's the theory for why she was all oily. Yes. That she, she had just been covered herself from head to toe in this. Yeah. Um Ugh. so she also she ended up dying of kidney failure. Mm. So her body couldn't process urine correctly. Yep. So it, they postulated that this DMSO would have built up in her urinary tract or in her bladder because yeah. her body couldn't process her kidneys. So there would have been a high concentration of DSMO in her um, urinary tract. Yeah. And when she was admitted to the hospital, they put an oxygen mask on her face and started administering her oxygen, which the DMSO would have reacted with the oxygen to form DMSO2, like mm-hmm. it would have gained an oxygen molecule dimethyl sulfone dimethyl suck so- wait what what dimethyl <laughs> cell phone cell phone yeah. wait cell really phone. Yeah. interesting like s-u-l-f-o-n-e okay which is also known to crystallize at room temperature which could explain the weird floaties in her blood exactly yeah okay so, so it crystallizes in her blood and so she has dmso2 then when they defibrillated her 
the electric shocks converted DMSO2 and bonded with another DMSO2 molecule to form DMSO4. Dimethyl sulfate. Dimethyl sulfate, which is an ester of sulfuric acid. So it's essentially like a different molecule of sulfuric acid, yep. which would have then been atomized into the air and caused the symptoms that people were experiencing. Yeah. Um, you know, like the dizziness, muscle spasms. Um, yeah. So, so basically she, she acted as like a home chemistry set, basically. Yeah. Like it's like a Rube Goldberg machine, like I said, of just like uh, like cascading events that you could have never predicted. And I'm sure if you really tried to like have that happen in real life, you yeah. wouldn't be able to replicate that no. with the same readiness. It was just like random chance, if that's right. true. If it's true, right. And that the whole thing is that none of this has been confirmed. No one's been able to replicate this conversion under similar circumstances. And um, even one of the researchers at Livermore Labs said, we just wanted the coroner's coroner's office's opinion, and th- they took it and said, this is the answer, because this was kind of their official, uh, this is what happened. Right. Um, it caught us way off guard. We've <clears throat> never said this is what happened, just that people should look into it. Right. So and even they were possibility. like, yeah, they weren't even like, yeah, this is definitely it. Right. Um, and one of the harshest critics on the theory is Stanley Jacob, who was a scientist that did a lot of the clinical research on DMSO in the 60s. Right. Who doubts that significant quantities of those chemicals could have been produced, at least not enough to do what it did. Yeah, to cause 23 people to become sick. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, her family denies, like Gloria's family denies that she was using DMSO as a home treatment. Which is interesting. Right. Because so, it's not like this was, it wasn't, at this point it wasn't meant to be used for that anymore, but it's not like it was an illegal substance. Right. You know, it's not like they accused her of, doing some type of crazy drugs and they were like, no, 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 she wouldn't do that. Like this wasn't something that was going to like tarnish her reputation or something like that or be, I mean, obviously they can't arrest her now, but you know, like this wasn't something that would be sound bad to be like, oh, she was using fucking meth or something. Right. Um, This was just. (laughs) We'll get into that in a second too. There's another theory. But um, yeah, so it just, it seemed odd that they would deny it so fervently. Right. Which is like either maybe she was doing it sort of like clandestine behind even her family's back. Like, I mean, if you're diagnosed with like late stage cervical cancer and you're given, you know, weeks to live, like I'm, I'm sure that you're not in a great frame of mind to where you're making rational decisions. Yeah. And if you are someone who is also like in some level of poverty, who doesn't have money for treatment, you would kind of look to the most available and the least expensive treatments that you could come up with. Yeah. And I'm sure a quick Google search, did Google exist in 1994? Mm, good question. Shit. So either know. way, I'm sure like a quick like like you ask around like folk folk remedies for cancer. Like I'm sure DMSO would have come up, and so yeah, I, it's very plausible that this could have happened. That right. she could have been using this DMSO and done it behind her family's back. But it just it seems so like like that game mousetrap. Where it's yeah. just like so many things had to come together in perfect harmony. Yeah. And like, like under like essentially like laboratory settings is what it feels like for this yeah. to have like happened the way that it did. Right. It's bizarre. It's, it's plausible, but I wouldn't say that it's probable. No. And even like, she wasn't even be able to, wasn't able to be buried for two months right. after her death because they were still so worried that she was going to make other people sick. Right. So, and I like think I read that she was even... When they brought her out of the isolation room to study her body more, they had to, like, put her in, like, this aluminum casket, casket so yeah. that there was, like, no chance of any it's wild. fumes getting out, which is, ugh, yeah. man. 
So there's another sort of like left field theory mm. that is kind of a little bit less likely. So Riverside County, California, mm. is the one of the meth dis- distribution capitals of the United States. Which is so interesting. there's Didn't a know huge that. amount of meth going in and out of Riverside County, Great. where Gloria was from and where she died. So somebody postulated that one of the like the component drugs that is used to make meth, which is like methyl methylionamine. I didn't write the I didn't I didn't write <laughs> yeah. the word down. Something but like it's that. one of the components that you use to make meth. Yeah. Could have been theoretically stored in an IV bag. Like the the, the theory is that one of the hospital staff members worked in the production of meth and used these IV storage bags as <clears throat> a way of clandestinely moving these drugs around and not, like, drawing suspicion. Mm. <clears throat> Interesting. And so, therefore, <clears throat> they could have accidentally used one of these bags of meth antecedent Oops. on Gloria, and the theory being that, like, one of the components has a strong ammonia smell. Okay. <clears throat> so that could have explained why when they drew her blood, it smelled like ammonia. Yeah. It didn't say anything about if that drug or that chemical would have caused the symptoms that everybody experienced. Right. It it seemed like it only sort of explained one narrow part of the story, basically. Right. And I think that was partly a theory as well because they were like, oh, this could be why the hospital was so quick to be like, yeah, yeah, no, it was that other thing. Yeah. Definitely was not a staff member. Yeah dealing with meth no right it was definitely that crazy like chain of events right but yeah it doesn't necessarily and yeah i was reading a little bit about that theory and there were a lot of reasons why and apparently had been investigated but like this other theory had been too so there's no but yeah the biggest question mark there is like could that have caused other people to get sick right i could definitely see that that could have caused weird things going on with her right even potentially could have caused her death Mm -hmm. in that scenario i mean she already wasn't doing great right and i have no idea what would happen to you if you were just pumped with that meth stuff. Right. Who knows? Very scientific right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that meth, meth stuff. That meth stuff. But, yeah, so that's that's one of the possible theories. And then, but ultimately, the fun mystery of this is just that we don't really know. Right. It and is, it is there's, there's no official definitive answer as to what happened to Gloria Ramirez. Yeah. It was just one fucking crazy night. Mm-hmm. And when they, when they went to do her autopsy, her heart was missing, mm. and most of her internal organs had been contaminated by fecal matter. Yeah, I was a little confused by that. Yeah, like, what the yeah. fuck happened in that isolation room? I don't know. Like, I'm not, not a doctor. No. But I don't know <clears throat> in what circumstances fecal matter contaminates a bunch of the inside of a body. I can see maybe, like, during, like, the autopsy, as you're, like, removing organs, you'd remove, like, the large intestine, and mm. if it was nicked, then some of that would go into the rest of the body cavity. Right. But what this made it seem like was that, like, they went to do the autopsy and they couldn't complete it because it had already, the heart had been removed. And, yeah. like, what the fuck was going on? I have no idea. Which, which to me, kind of feels a little bit, like, conspiracy theory-esque. Like, yeah. you show up to do an autopsy and, like, the heart's gone. There's, like, there's clearly already been, like, activity on the body. Yeah. So what if Gloria Ramirez was exposed to some kind of strange toxin that was either being, you know, tested by the government or some kind of like, I don't know, like yeah, just fucking pick your pick your conspiracy theory. It's a little suspicious. Yeah. So it's definitely very strange. Yeah, the whole thing is bizarre and freaks me out. Yeah, freaks me out a lot. So, yeah, that's I would 
school you're married. Love to hear from anybody who has any type of like medical background, mm-hmm. who might have any theories, maybe would know why her heart had been removed. Right. And why there was fecal matter in her Body abdomen. Gabby. Yeah. What was going on with that? Maybe there's something that I don't know about how that death process would have worked. I don't know. Like, right. I'm not sure. It did, like, to me, just in my mind, it doesn't make sense that, like, kidney failure and all of that, like, would have led to her body cavity being contaminated by fecal matter. Right. But maybe there's something that I don't know. Right. So, if you have any ideas about that. Doctors of Unknowable, please yeah. contact us. Let us know. Anybody who works in any hospital settings and knows about autopsies. Yeah. Why was there poop in her abdomen? Yeah. Tell us. It's very strange. Yeah. And where did the heart go? Yeah. The hell did they do with that? Yeah. Why did they when why did they get rid of it before the official autopsy? Right. It's yeah. Very strange. Yeah. So bizarre medical story. Yeah. Gloria Pretty Ramirez. Sweet. Yep. Poor lady. Like all it comes down to I is know. like I just feel really bad for her. I know. She died under pretty shitty circumstances. Mm-hmm. Probably didn't have a whole lot of life left anyways. Mm-hmm. But then to die that way. Yeah. And now you're known as the toxic lady. Yeah, the toxic lady. She was 31 years old when she died. Yeah, she was super young. It's terrible. That's the age that I am right now. From from normal walking around, doing everything, to dead and, you know, infecting 23 people in the span of like six weeks. Yeah. It's intense. It's wild. Yep. So, yeah. That's Gloria Ramirez. This was a, this was a good one. It's a good one. I like it. It's weird. So... Like we said, this is kind of a filler episode, mm-hmm. um, but next week we are going to be officially starting the Skinwalker Ranch trio of episodes. Yes. It's going to be intense. It is intense. We're breaking them into three different chunks of the story. Huge story. So it's going to be very concise, mm-hmm. very awesome. We're doing lots of research. Yep. It's intense. Get ready. So keep getting ready. Yes. We promise this is actually going to be it. <clears throat> We've been selling this for so long. Yeah, we have. We have to actually come out it's with it. It's like so long now that everybody's going to be like, really? Mm-hmm. This, this is it? This is it. But you will not say that. No. Because the story is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So get ready for that. Next Wednesday. Boom. Boom. All right. This has been unknowable. 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 Love you.